It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And of course, tomorrow on Christmas Eve, we are finally to Christmas Day. Very excited for the holiday season that is here and excited to uh, not be having to go to work until the new year. So excited to get into all of that again, guys. Make sure to watch our show, subscribe to the show on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel where, yes, I will be live following tomorrow's Carolina Panthers Detroit Lions game at Bank of America Stadium. You can also check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the week of Locked On Panthers. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where every single Friday like today, I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions, so either at me or DM me to participate in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide, and they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Locked On. All right, the Carolina Panthers, the Detroit Lions playing tomorrow afternoon on Christmas Eve. No game on Sunday, at least for the Panthers. I think there's three NFL games on Christmas Day, but which belongs to the NBA. But we'll see how that works out this year for the NFL. But either way, the Carolina Panthers play what I think is a must-win game against the Detroit Lions on Saturday afternoon here at home. I say it's a must-win because if the Panthers do not win, it's hard to see a path back for them to make the playoffs. They got lucky last week that the Buccaneers blew a 17-point lead at home against a Cincinnati Bengals team that, yes, was better than Tampa Bay. And the result that happened was not surprising. How it happened, though, was surprising considering Tampa Bay was playing probably their best football of the season in that first half when they were up 17-0, then 17-3 at the half against Cincinnati, only to see it fall apart against a Bengals team that has caught fire of late. And a Bengals team, of course, we know, went to the Super Bowl last year and lost to the Los Angeles Rams. And unlike the Rams, the Bengals will be a playoff team again this year and will have a chance to be a Super Bowl contender. So Tampa Bay losing that game was not surprising. Carolina losing to Pittsburgh, though, to me was a surprise. Yes, it's Mike Tomlin coach team, and maybe I overlooked the Pittsburgh Steelers more than I should have, considering that, hell, it's Pittsburgh, and the Carolina Panthers have beat them one time, and that came back in 96 when I was three years old. So beating Pittsburgh and expecting to beat Pittsburgh are things that just do not happen here in Carolina. But my hope was after winning at home against Denver, getting the bye, coming off of the bye and winning on the road for the first time all season at Seattle – that the Panthers, under Steve Wilkes, had found that identity. They had established that playoff mentality, but instead what we saw was them reverting back to the team that we had seen early on in the season when Matt Rule was head coach, a team that had issues offensively moving the football, a team that couldn't get off on third down, a team that got battered at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, which we have not really seen, at least on the offensive line, all year long. 
We saw that happen on Sunday afternoon in that loss to Pittsburgh. And now that's led to this week being kind of doom and gloom of, oh, well, here we go again. As soon as you feel good about this team, they lose. And as soon as you feel bad about them, will they respond and win? Because I feel like that's kind of been the trend why I've said it's a week-to-week league. You can't take too much of what you saw the week prior and then build it up to your narrative for the upcoming week then. But still, you want to have some sort of consistency, and the only thing the Panthers are consistent at is being inconsistent and always finding a way to break our hearts when we start to have hope and joy of watching this football team play. But tomorrow is a must-win. If you look at 538, no matter what you think of them, right now they give the Carolina Panthers a 20% chance to make the playoffs. If the Panthers win, they would elevate that to a 31% chance to make the playoffs, with it still basically coming down to winning at Tampa Bay next Sunday. And, of course, having a win at New Orleans after that. Again, the Panthers only have one win on the road all season long, so you should not assume a win at Tampa would be followed by a win at New Orleans. Or really, you shouldn't assume that a win Saturday against Detroit will be followed up by a win in a massive game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, if you factor in Tampa playing against Arizona on Saturday as well, if Tampa Bay wins that game, the Carolina Panthers would then only have a 27% chance of making the playoffs. So it would go up 7% from where they are out currently heading into the weekend with a 20% chance. Now, if Tampa loses to Arizona, which I have a hard time seeing, is Colt McCoy, the backup to Kyler Murray, he's out um, for this game. So Tampa Bay, you got to find a way to win this football game. Arizona's terrible. Their GM has left um, personal and health issues. Uh, he also hasn't done a great job anyways, and that's the reason why Steve Wilkes is suing that team and Michael Bidwell, the owner out there in Arizona. But Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know why he got an extension because that has been one of the worst football teams since they were the last undefeated team last year in 2021. And the Panthers beat up on them a year ago. But And I know they lost them this year. But either way, Tampa Bay should not lose that game. But if they do, the Panthers would then have a 42% chance to make the playoffs with that Tampa Bay loss. If they lose on Saturday, the Panthers would only have a 9% chance. And if Tampa wins, which I expect them to do, that would then drop to 5%, effectively ending their playoff hopes. The Panthers cannot lose tomorrow afternoon if they want to be a playoff team. And you would have thought if they want to be a playoff team, they wouldn't have lost to Pittsburgh. And I get Steve Wilkes talking about, I don't want to hear anyone talking about playoffs. And Shaq Thompson also said, hey, we got to be focused on this week and not what's ahead. And, of course, next week will be a massive game. But it's only a massive game if Carolina is able to prevail or if they lose and Tampa Bay also loses, which, again, I don't think the Bucs are going to give the Panthers yet another mulligan. Now, injury-wise, things are good. And they're as, best, as good as they can be. Yes, there's players that are out for the season. But as far as players that are available, the Carolina Panthers do not have a single player with an injury designation heading into Saturday's game. It's week 16 in the NFL, and the Panthers are at least, you know, fully healthy, put that in quotes, with the guys that are available. We know guys like Zane Gonzalez are out for the whole season. We know Matt Corral for the rest of the season, Dante Jackson, yada, yada, yada. You know the guys who have been out. And one player who I – Totally forgot was even on the roster. Andre Roberts, remember him? Uh, former All-Pro kick returner who was brought in here to help out that. Um, well, he's back. I know he had a knee issue. Apparently, that's what it was, I think. Well, he could be activated on Saturday. Steve Wilkes is noncommittal on that. Uh, I think that would make sense considering, like, Shai Smith has kind of struggled back there, and it would help them. And, hey, why not? Let's see what he's got. He's 34, um, which is old, of course, for the NFL. <laughs> 
So we'll see what happens there. But the Carolina Panthers got to win tomorrow if they want to be a playoff team. If they lose, you can pray that Tampa loses. I don't think it's going to happen. And honestly, if they lose back-to-back games at home when they came off of their first back-to-back wins um, since last year in week two and week three and their first road win since last year at Arizona, how could you even have any confidence that this team would find a way to then win on the road at Tampa and at New Orleans? And Steve Wilkes also, his job as far as being the Panthers – Full-time head coach. It is on the line right now. His team has to win on Saturday, and they have to follow it up by winning two more on the road. So uh, we'll see what it go, how it goes. But uh, Saturday against Detroit is by far the biggest game of the season for the 5-9 and nine Carolina Panthers, who are still in the thick of things. Imagine that. 5-9 and nine Panthers, 7-7 seven and seven Lions playing a critical game in Week 16 of the NFL with playoff stakes. What world are we living in here in 2022 in the NFL? Okay, it is Friday, and it's time for me to get to your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. I will do that after this quick pause here on Locked On Panthers. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from point A to point B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday lifestyle. Mini Turo hosts can even deliver your car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high as well? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by NHTSA. All right, let's do it. The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers, a Christmas Eve Eve edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. Panthers Lions tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock, probably on Fox. So get excited as the Panthers must win that game to stay in the hunt for the NFC South Division title and win their first one since 2015. Let's start off with Kendrick who asked, is it possible that last week's dud of a game was just a perfect storm that the remaining teams on our schedule can't replicate? Taylor becoming a starter a few plays into the game, a front seven with defensive player of the year, and multiple pass pro bowlers, as well as two 220-plus running backs that that they utilize, utilize as a fullback. Maybe I'm drunk on hope, but think we just hit the one team on the schedule that was built to counter our style of ball. Yeah, certainly the Pittsburgh Steelers are known for uh, their physicality. And that's led to, what, five, six Super Bowls, however many they have. The Steelers are one of the all-time winningest franchise in the NFL. They're a legacy franchise. And, of course, they got to play a home game as they traditionally have whenever Pittsburgh has played here in Carolina, whether it's been the preseason or, of course, the regular season. And knowing the history of the two organizations, Carolina's only beat Pittsburgh once, coming back in 1996. So we should never expect to win that game. But you would have thought, with all the momentum, what was on the line for Carolina and what – Pittsburgh doesn't have to play for it all. Um, you would have thought Carolina would have stepped up and played well. But you do bring up good points. 
They have players like Cameron Hayward, who has won Super Bowls, and he's been to the playoffs. He only knows winning. He's never had a losing season in Pittsburgh because Mike Tomlin's been the coach and has never had a losing season. They need to win out for that to remain the case. T.J. Watt, one of the best defensive players in football. He's been injured this year, but he's still been back and playing, and he's a hell of a player. Minka Fitzpatrick's great. They got a lot of guys that are used to winning, and this is a down year in Pittsburgh. But it's a bunch of pros who want to win. They get paid to, and they aren't going to quit, and Mike Tomlin's certainly not going to allow it to happen. Now is Detroit going to be able to be as physical on the defensive line against the Panthers' O-line? I don't think so. The Lions did a great job last week against the Jets running, but the Jets' offensive line hasn't been great, and the running game hasn't been the same since Brees Hall tore his ACL um, earlier in the season against Denver. So I do think the Panthers' offensive line has that advantage against Detroit. Detroit has not had a good defense all year long. They've gotten better, of course, over the last six or seven weeks as they've won six of their last seven games, but they're still not a great defense. The Panthers can have success against them. Their offensive line is tremendous. So that is something that could happen again where the Detroit Lions are able to run the football well, but that's not really what they do. What they want to do is pass it. Can the Panthers get pressure on Jared Goff? Because they didn't get pressure on Mitch Trubisky. So that's certainly something that could be replicated by Detroit. Are they the same kind of team, Detroit Lions, and Pittsburgh Steelers, no. Detroit wants to pass it, but they also want to be physical like every single football team. I do think it was a perfect storm last week of just, say, the crowd, of whatever factor that might have played in, but also Pittsburgh being an extremely well-coached team. I don't look at Detroit on the same level of Pittsburgh as far as like how well they're coached because Dan Campbell, he's done a great job the last couple weeks. He's not Mike Tomlin, doesn't have that pedigree. He's only second year as an NFL head coach. We have to still remember with Steve Wilkes, he's still – is only in his second season as even being a head coach in the NFL. And, of course, factor in all the circumstances that are making this difficult for him to even be in this position that he's in right now to have the Panthers if they went out their NFC South champs and are in the playoffs. you got to remember that. So, yeah, it was a bit of a perfect storm, but I'm not going to sit here and act like Detroit can't go out there and beat Carolina because, as I told you all yesterday, having seen this team play recently – and how explosive the offense has been all year long, even when they were losing, that offense was putting up points, and what they did in Minnesota not too long ago, and winning in New York last week against the Jets team, that could be a playoff team. I I, I think Detroit can get Carolina, and I, and I said I think they will win the game. But, of course, every, every time I start to doubt this team, they, when they win, so they probably will win tomorrow. But, no, it was a perfect storm, certainly, but Detroit, they're a good football team too. All right, over to Jake. I uh, ask, if you are Steve Wilkes, besides being a Charlotte native and his past with the Panthers, why would he want this job if we don't make the playoffs, have plenty of question marks to the quarterback situation? Would he take the risk regardless? Yeah, well, you know, I, like Steve Wilkes, am uh, from Charlotte. So, of course, it would be a, a dream in a way, if I was a football coach, to be the head coach of my hometown team. And, you know, Steve Wilkes also, here's a little insight. He's, Steve Wilkes is an Omega. He's a Q. My dad is also an Omega here in Charlotte and is very involved uh, with the fraternity. They had the big conclave this past summer. My dad put that on. So he knows Steve Wilkes a little bit. And I was uh, over at Pop's house last week asking him some questions about Steve Wilkes, who he's, you know, known for a while. And I was just asking him, you know, you think Wilkes is, uh, does he want the job? You think he's going to get the job? Like, what's Steve's kind of insight? All my dad would tell me is that Steve Wilkes wants to be here in Charlotte. He wants to be here in Charlotte. And I would be interested to see if that still is if he's defensive coordinator. Or maybe he takes a sabbatical from coaching. I don't know. But he wants to be here, home in Charlotte. So, what's there? I mean, it's, it, here's a really the, the answer to your question, though, Jake. It's, it's one of 32 jobs. So, yeah, you're going to take the opportunity if it's presented to you. And it's also one of those things where if he's offered the job, you know, he's got the lawsuit going on. How does that 
potentially hurt his lawsuit about the NFL's hiring practices and what happened to him in Arizona. And he also understands that what happened to him in Arizona led him to be from being a head coach in the NFL to what three years later being a damn DC for Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri. Not even a good power five defensive coordinator job. He's in Mizzou, man, out there in Como. So that he knows just how far you can fall from being a head coach to go to Cleveland to be a DC for Freddie Kitchens and to be working for Eli Drinkwitz. So, yeah, I think Steve Wilson is going to take the opportunity, and he absolutely should. And there's risks regardless of where you go. You know, Nathaniel Hackett, he, he's going to Denver. He was maybe thinking that Aaron Rodgers is going to go there. He was going to follow him. But then you got Russell Wilson. The thought is, hey, man, wow, what, what a great setup he's got. He's going to get fired because he's a terrible coach. So there's always a risk no matter where you take a job. You can look at Jacksonville and think, hey, there's a big risk. Doug Peterson, yeah, you want a Super Bowl. You really want to go be the Jags coach? Not like the Jags ever really have success. Things are working out right now for Jacksonville. Now, I'm recording this before the Thursday night football game against New York, so I don't know how that's going to play out. So, yeah, he's got to to take the opportunity if it's presented to him. And and obviously, he would. So, yeah, if I'm Wilkes, I'm going to look around, look at ownership and see, you know, what happened before. But he's certainly open eyes here in Carolina and across the league as well. That's what Joe Person um, of The Athletic mentioned in his latest article. So, I I think Wilkes will take it. No, no, even with the quarterback concerns because he's going to get a contract. They're going to tell him, hey, we're going to get things fixed. And he's going to bring in his own guys also um, as far as the staff goes. All right, over to Mark now. He says, uh, my Christmas present to you is no draft questions to the Panthers draft position is actually solidified. Yes, thank you, Mark. That should be uh, – and hopefully – well, I don't, not hopefully, but probably in three, four weeks' time depending on how things go the next couple of weeks. Now, I don't think they're going to go very far in the playoffs, but still, we'll see how it works out. So, this is his question. He said, regardless of who the next coach is, if Campen is retained, that's James Campen, the offensive line coach, and Ben McAdoo, the OC, is not, will the offensive line's blocking scheme remain intact? The O-line is coming together. Seems counterproductive to totally scrap the blocking scheme and start from scratch, even with a new OC. So Ben McAdoo is going to have probably a three-year deal. Same thing with James Campen. Like, these assistants don't sign just for one year. They usually sign for about three years. And when there is, you know, coaching change, like, those guys are going to get bought out by the owner as well if they're not retained here on this staff. And there's probably you know some offset language in those deals they go take another job if I'm Steve Wilkes yeah I would love for James Campen to stay and really it depends on who the OC is because the the OC is going to want probably his own guys as well as on his staff people he knows but uh the OC is also going to want to bring in his scheme so the blocking scheme could be the same potentially but I would imagine there's gonna be obviously some changes because I don't think they're gonna bring in the same style of coordinator as Ben McAdoo but we'll see. You know, it's really dependent on who the, the new OC is because, yeah, they, they're going to bring their offense and you're likely going to start from scratch. The important thing to, to note is the Panthers have all five of those starters under contract next year, and that's including Cade Maids as a backup. So really look at that more so than, hey, what will the blocking scheme be? As long as you got those guys back and they stay healthy like they have all season long and the continuity, that is key for Carolina. Um, all right, another one before we take a quick pause here um, from Adam. He says, hey, Julian, love the show. Thank you, Adam. Um, if Steve Wilkes were to become head coach, does he stick with Sam as his bridge or PJ or even possibly bring back Cam? Yeah, Cam Newton looks like he's done here in the NFL. Uh, no one's been banging on his door uh, this year. I thought Cam did a great job of showing last year that he can be a good teammate as a backup, but his level of play obviously wasn't high. Neither has been Sam Darnold. I'm not going to sit here and act like Sam's better than Cam. I'm not saying that at all, but it looks like the league's done with Cam. And as I've repeatedly told y'all, want more for Cam Newton than to come back here and be a part of this mess. Now, as far as P.J. goes, we'll see. 
I think he's a restricted free agent again, so then maybe they can bring him back at least for camp. He also was a Matt Rule guy. I don't know how Wilkes feels about him. Not sure how Fitterer feels about him or the organization as a whole. Uh, Sam Darnold, he's got a possibility. There's a possibility he could be a bridge guy, maybe. But I, I do think they're. I don't think it's very obvious that they're going to take a quarterback in the draft. Like they're going to go get their guy. Is that the guy they really believe in? I don't know, but they're going to go get a quarterback, and that's the right move. And really, Scott Fitter needs to kind of reset the clock a little bit for himself as a GM and go get a quarterback because if he wants to be a GM here long term, he needs to find a solution there at that position or he's going to be out on the street. Not really on the street. He'll be fine, uh, but he'll be out of town just like Matt Rule earlier this season. Um, okay, so let's take a quick pause here on the show, then come back and answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to the college bowl season to basketball. They've got you covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you can find those on BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Fun online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's wrap up this weekly Friday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. Again, y'all follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. At me, DM me there on Twitter to participate next week on the weekly Friday mailbag, which will be on December 30th. So no holiday. If there's a holiday, there will not be a podcast because you guys should be out there with your family or doing anything other than listening to me talk about this football team. Although I appreciate all of you for supporting the show all year long like you have and for being such great listeners and for always participating in the weekly Friday mailbag, even though sometimes it fluctuates as far as participation. But, hey, they lost last week. I totally get it. I try to avoid podcasts of my favorite teams when the team loses as well. So I totally get how people respond and react when their team loses. All right, last couple of questions here on the weekly Friday mailbag on Lockdown Panthers. Uh, Javon? Or Jevin, I believe. Uh, sorry, uh, get your name probably wrong once or twice, maybe just once, hopefully only once. Or maybe, well, forget it. Uh, he says, am I the only one who feels like he's watching a completely different team on defense every week? If we played the way we had played against the Seahawks in this game, we would have won. That being the Steelers game. I don't think losing C.J. Henderson was the only factor. What do you think the source of inconsistency is and which defense is going to show up against the Lions? Uh, I expect that defense that shows up against the Lions to be one that's going to be out there fast and physical and ready to go. Now, will that last for four quarters? That is a good question. I think they can have success. But the thing about it is they got to get after Jared Goff. I know you're saying, Jared Goff, that guy, we got to be concerned about him. Yeah, he's been good this year, flat out. He's been good to the point where like, he's still a young quarterback. He's still a former number one overall pick who's been to the playoffs multiple times, who's played in a Super Bowl, didn't play well, but he's played in a Super Bowl. And the GM, Brad Allen, came from L.A., and I know it's it's all GM speak, coach speak when Dan Campbell and Brad Allen both got there to Detroit. They said, hey, we believe in Jared. Hell, 
it, they might believe in him, considering like if he can get the freaking Lions to the playoffs and a pass happy offense, you got to give him props. So he's played well, and they have to be able to get pressure on him because you got Panay Sewell, who remember last year I was saying Panay Sewell or we riot. And the Lions took him broke by damn heart, and they play him at right tackle. We had to wait a full year until we got Icky, which I'm happy we got Icky now. Damn, I wanted Panay Sewell. You also got Taylor Decker at left tackle. Like, they got a good offensive line. And Dan Campbell's an offensive line coach. So it's not a surprise that the offensive line there in Detroit is good. But they have to be much better. They can't give Jared Goff all day. And DeAndre Swift and the other running backs they have on that roster, um, what's his name, Jamal Williams, those guys also, they, they can make some plays too. So – the Panthers got to run fit. They got to play more physical on the, on the defensive line and offensive line. Um, as for what defense lines, because we're talking about defense. So I don't know. I, I think the defense is up. They're in for a challenge. Certainly. This is a better offense than the one that they faced last week. It's the best offense remaining on the schedule that they're going to face. I know it's Detroit. It's crazy to say that, but that's the case. So they're going to give up points. They're going to give up yards. It's just can they counter on defense, of course, or on offense rather. But the defense, they've got to get takeaways. They got to get a takeaway this week. They've got to be able to put pressure on Jared Goff. So I don't know what I'm going to see, but if you're expecting to see, you know, the same defense from Seattle, I mean, that's defense still gave up what 27 points or whatever. Like that's probably what's going to happen on Sunday. But the Panthers' offense has got to be much better. So we'll see. I think they'll play well considering who their opponent is. But I'm not going to sit here and act like they're going to go out there and just shut down uh, Detroit. All right, got Eric now. He said, I don't have a question for this week, but can we just have the conversation that JC was statistically the best corner in the league and didn't make the Pro Bowl? Yeah, so I've actually been up in Highlands, uh, North Carolina, the last couple days. Um, had up, it was there Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, came back on Thursday, just not not too long uh, before recording this podcast. See, so I got the Highlander Mountain House hat. Love that place. Go check it out. Uh, not a free ad, but honestly, go check it out. If you ever been up to Highlands, about three hours from Charlotte, I think about two from Atlanta, and not very far if you live in uh, the Greenville area, the upstate of South Carolina. Um, but yeah, I, so I missed that. I see Brian Burns once again. He's a pro bowler, but a starter this time. I think he was the only one on the Panthers team that was a pro bowler. Um, from what I had read right before I recorded this, it's weird to me, but JC, like he, he missed some time and he's, he's what he's had like two or three picks. I, I really don't know how this goes. Y'all I, the pro bowl, that's something that you can, of course, when you, when it comes down to the end of the day, we, we talk about it. Does it matter? Cause it's only like a skills competition now instead of a game, but it does matter. As far as, you know, when you talk about legacy conversation, really when it comes to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, they go back and look at how many times you were a pro bowler, how many times you were an all-pro, which I think is more important than all-pro. And I don't think J.C. Horn's going to end up being an all-pro. I don't, Probably not. Maybe he will if he continues to play well. But it's unfortunate that, like, hey, with three weeks left in the season, he could go out there and dominate, and this team could then also, in turn, go on a run, make the playoffs, and be like, oh, wow, J.C. Horn, he's really good. I just don't think there's that much attention on him. Because the Carolina Panthers are five and nine, I think that's what it is. You can't teams don't even want to throw to his side at this point in time. We saw last week what happened um, with Pittsburgh and how they were picking on Keith Taylor when CJ Henderson went out. But even if CJ Henderson would have played, they would have been picking on him. So yeah, JC Horn's a great player. I, I let's not get too caught up on like in the Pro Bowl stuff. It, it does seem ridiculous. I I honestly, truthfully, have not seen um, the NFC players that they have ahead of him in the, at cornerback. But he's gonna be a great player here, and as long as he stays healthy. He's going to be all pro. He's going to be pro bowler multiple times throughout his career. It didn't happen really what's effectively his rookie year because he missed so much time last year. But I'm not going to sit here and you know, sweat it all that much. It, it, it'll happen eventually. Um, all right. And our last question comes from Adub. 
Uh, if the Panthers can continue to win and also fall further back in the draft, what are the chances we could see them take someone like Darnell Washington or Michael Mayer? Both of those are tight ends, one from the University of Georgia, that being Darnell Washington, and the other Michael Mayer from the University or Notre Dame. I guess Notre Dame University? Yeah, Notre Dame University. No, either way, Notre Dame. We, that's what we call it, Notre Dame, the Golden Dumbers. Yeah, Mayer's great. I would love to see him. Darnell Washington, that is a, he's a freak, man. He's like 6'7". I don't know how they even tackle him in college. How they're going to tackle him in the NFL is something that is mind-boggling to me as well. Chris, uh, was it, New Year's Eve? That's when the playoff is. Definitely watch him against Ohio State. Like, Ohio State, they couldn't even tackle Michigan. They can't. You think they're going to tackle that guy? Uh, I might look like a fool after saying this, but whatever. He's great. Mayor's probably the more polished um, as far as, like, the pass-catching tight end, which Carolina absolutely needs. For whatever reason, Matt Rule – had no interest in getting a pass-catching tight end. When they got one in Dan Arnold, they said, oh, well, damn, we lost JC. Let's go make a terrible trade for CJ Henderson as a panic move. And we've seen how that's worked out. Now, I don't think Dan Arnold's actually, like, lighting the world up there in Jacksonville either, but they have shown little interest in having anyone at that position to catch the football. And all that does is draw more t- is make your offense more predictable as far as, okay, they're going to throw it, they're going to go to the wide receivers because there's no one out there who's going to be a threat. Now, they've done a lot of these bootlegs in the last couple of weeks with Sam Darnold and dropping it down to Ian Thomas. That ain't it, y'all, as we've seen. that Doing that with Ian Thomas is not the same thing as what we saw with Wesley Wallace. It's not the same thing we saw with Greg Olson for all those years. To have seen Greg Olson have those three straight thousand-yard receiving seasons when he literally was the only, like, receiver on the team um, – it's jarring to see where the Carolina Panthers are at now. I would love to see them take a Michael Mayer. The problem is they're going to get a quarterback in the first round. I know they're going to they're gonna trade up. If they fall back and they make the playoffs, it's great to establish a winning identity for a franchise that's now set to have five straight losing seasons. But they can, they can trade up, and that's part of the McCaffrey deal that helps them now. They got all those picks from San Francisco. They can trade up, get their guy if they need to. I would love to get a pass-catching tight end. That's just going to have to happen in the second round if they do indeed still have a second-round pick, which I think probably will be the case. So, yeah, with dr- dreaming of Dar- Darnell Washington, Michael Mayer, any pass-catching tight end out there, even the guys from Utah. Because, uh, I mean, Brent Keithy, who tore his ACL in the season from Utah, he's great. Um, and then the guy who took out, who, was, who became the dude after him, uh, I can't remember his name, but those Utah tight ends, those guys are great. Give me one of those dudes. Give me anyone who gets football and play a tight end position because what we have right now in Carolina ain't it. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked on Panthers again, y'all. Make sure to check out the show on YouTube as I'll be live tomorrow after the game, breaking it all down here on the Locked on Panthers YouTube channel. Subscribe so you don't miss it. If you do miss it, it's okay. Podcast will be up in your podcast feeds wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, including, of course, this one. So either at me or DM me at Julian Council to check that out. And what? Well, not that me and DM me, but rate, review, subscribe. But follow me on Twitter at Julian Council and at me and DM me if you ever have questions. But of course, questions for the weekly Friday mailbag, which I want you to send me in for next week on the 30th. Um, in the meantime, though, we don't really have much of a break because we'll be right back at it tomorrow. But in, until then, stay happy, be whole. As always, uh, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all tomorrow, hopefully. Fingers crossed, following the Carolina Panthers win against the Detroit Lions. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.